I still believe in America. I'm not ashamed to stand. I love that old flag and what it represents. In addition to two verses of Ephesians 5 where the Bible says, See that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but redeeming, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. I read in addition to those verses, 2 Chronicles 7:14, where the Bible says, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. I preached this morning on the subject where America came from. Heavenly Father, the subject is a very passionate subject for me. I love my nation and I'm heartbroken at its direction today. And Lord, if there's hope for our nation to see revival and return it will come from the people of God who love you and seek to serve you and please you. I pray that you'd help us in the message today to learn truth that would stir and arouse our heart's desire for America to come back to you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. My heart's desire is to see America return to its founding desires for liberty and freedom, which was the preaching of the gospel. And in so doing, return to the God of the Bible, the God of creation. We've had many times of spiritual awakening in America, times of great darkness, times of little hope. In those spiritual awakenings, I did not say a conservative movement, I said a spiritual awakening. I did not say another politician, I said a spiritual awakening, have preserved our freedoms that we enjoy today. Without a question or doubt, we desperately need to see another spiritual awakening today. Now, unless we know where we came from as a nation, we cannot return. We will not know where to go unless we understand the truth of American history. We cannot have revival, renewal, or return unless we know where we came from. Without a doubt, there's a great move on in our nation to destroy and take away the history of our nation and not just American history and heroes, but the fact that America was founded as a Christian nation on the principles of the Word of God. The false ideas in lies that have even made their way into the church. Ideas such as separation of church and state as defined today have hurt this nation like few others and have been hatched out of hell and propagated by the devil and those that serve him. If we know where we came from, we can then return to that place. And I'm asking the Lord today to help us to see just a picture in these few minutes of what our nation once was, so that our heart will yearn and burn, so that we can pray again and pray in an intelligent manner for our nation 
to leave its sin and return unto the Lord. Until the Lord returns, I desire for our children, for our posterity to know the freedom that you and I have enjoyed in America. I believe with all of my heart that America was founded as a Christian nation and was founded upon this King James Bible that I preach from this morning. I do not believe that because I wish it were true. I do not believe that because I hope it is true. I believe that because of the written history in our nation. On February 29, 1892, the United States Supreme Court in the case the Holy Trinity versus the United States said that the historical record of America overwhelmingly demonstrated that the United States is a Christian nation. Thousands of pieces of evidence exist that demonstrate that America was founded as a Christian nation on the Word of God. Justice Joseph Story, who served on the Supreme Court from 1811 to 1845, is remembered for his literary work, Commentaries on the Constitution of the United States, published in 1833. Justice Story left no doubt concerning the role of Christianity as the origin of America. He said, and I quote, One of the beautiful boasts of our municipal jurisprudence is that Christianity is part of the common law from which it seeks the sanction of its rights and by which it endeavors to regulate its doctrines. There has never been a period in which the common law did not recognize Christianity as lying at its foundation. In his widely influential commentaries on the Constitution, he wrote these words, Now there will probably be found few persons in this or any other Christian country who would deliberately contend that it was unreasonable or unjust to foster and encourage the Christian religion generally as a matter of sound policy, as well as of revealed truth. In fact, every American colony from its foundation down to the revolution did openly by the whole course of its laws and institutions support <clears throat> and sustain in some form the Christian religion. Chief Justice Earl Warren, though he had several liberal viewpoints about the Supreme Court, was quoted February 15, 1954 by Time Magazine reporter from a prayer breakfast in Washington, D.C., where in attendance was President Eisenhower along with the Vice President, the Chief Justice of the United States, cabinet members, congressmen, and diplomats, he spoke on the historical role Christianity has occupied in national life. He said, and I quote, I believe no one can read the history of our country without realizing that the good book and the spirit of the Savior have from the beginning been our guiding geniuses. Whether we look to the first charter of Virginia or to the charter of New England, or to the Charter of Massachusetts Bay, or to the Fundamental Orders of Connecticut, the same objective is, president, is present, a Christian land governed by Christian principles. He went on to say, I believe that the entire Bill of Rights came into being because of the knowledge of our forefathers had of the Bible 
and their belief in it. Freedom of belief, of expression, of assembly, of petition, the dignity of the individual, the sanctity of the home, equal justice under law, and the reservation of powers to the people. I like to believe we're living today in the spirit of the Christian religion. I like also to believe that as long as we do this, no great harm can come to our country. Today's liberal professor in the classrooms of most American colleges will quote what they refer to as the Enlightenment, as the founding of America as a nation. The Enlightenment was a philosophical movement that dominated Europe during the 18th century. It was centered around the idea that reason is the primary source of authority and legitimacy and advocated such ideas as liberty, progress, tolerance, fraternity, constitutional government, and separation of church and state. That, my friend, is the opposite of what our forefathers, our founding fathers, and many justices all the way through just 70 years ago said was the founding of our nation. They said it was not founded on an enlightenment of men, but a revelation of God as recorded in the Bible. Personally, I choose from the mountain of evidence of the history of America, from the patriotic songs that we sing, the monuments that are as old as our nation, our written history and our written laws, the behavior of our, of our uh, history past proves that America was founded as a Christian nation. And oh, I pray that we see a spiritual awakening that would bring about a revolution in this nation as well as a Christian revival of the church. And I do not trust, I say it publicly, I do not trust the current educational system of our day that has affected and infected every part of our lives from science to medicine. I would challenge you to read about the very scientists who have discovered the laws of nature and written about them or the laws of God that control life today. These were men of faith in God and the Bible. I want to say this morning, whether this nation comes back to its senses and the God of creation or not, I choose to live my life on the principles of the Word of God that made our nation a great and a shining light. I want to give you this morning nine statements. Nine statements that come from the very declaration of our independence. What we celebrate today. I want to give to you not only those statements, but their founding in the Bible that we hold. I don't know about you, but I just get a little bit well, I just get righteously indignant. For those that may not understand what that means, I get really mad at those that would steal this country that was founded on the principles of this book. I'll give you the statements. First of all, natural law is a basis for American government. Natural law is the basis for American government. 
Natural law is the order in which the Creator made everything work properly. I went through the basic foundational laws uh, that <clears throat> control our life and control our world a few weeks ago, <clears throat> excuse me, in a message. Natural law is the order in which the Creator made everything work properly. There are certain laws which govern the entire universe. Thomas Jefferson said in the Declaration of Independence, there are laws which govern in the affairs of men, which are the laws of nature and of nature's God. If governments and human relationships are formed according to these laws, they will succeed. If not, they will surely fail as history has proven. It is sad today that we live in a nation where by and large our public education system has outlawed the very Bible that our nation was founded upon. The very book that teaches us of the natural law and the laws of God. The Bible says in Psalm 19 and verse number 7, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. If you studied Deuteronomy chapter 30, you would find a direct correlation. In fact, at times, almost a quoting of Thomas Jefferson as it influenced him in, the, uh, in his writings and beliefs and behaviors in our nation. Natural law, the laws of God are the basis for American government. Second of all, our nation cannot survive unless we remain morally strong. The founders knew that they could not succeed without the support of the supreme judge of the world and without a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence. They knew <clears throat> they knew this would not happen unless they kept his commandments which amounted to being virtuous and morally strong. The Bible says in John chapter 8, the truth shall make you free. <clears throat> Justice John McLean was appointed to the Supreme Court in 1829 by President Andrew Jackson. As a justice, he understood that the moral life of a nation determined its degree of freedom. I'll say it again. The moral life of a nation determined its freedom. The moral life. I'm talking about men being men, ladies being ladies, not living together until you get married, not having children until after, you, until after you're married. That's what I'm talking about when I say moral. He understood that the life of a nation determined, uh, the moral life of a nation determined its degree of freedom. And the freest people were those who lived under the moral laws of Christianity. He said, and I quote, for many years, my hope for the perpetuity of our institutions has rested upon Bible morality and the general dissemination of Christian principles. This is an element which did not exist in the ancient republics. It is a basis on which free governments may be maintained through all time. It is a truth experienced in all time that a free government can have no other than a moral basis 
and it requires a high degree of intelligence and virtue in the people to maintain it. You know what he's saying? Personal responsibility. You and I are personally responsible before God to live clean. I preach to you today. You and I are supposed to be morally clean in mind and heart and soul and body. We're supposed to live right. We're not supposed to live like the animals of the world. We're supposed to live like human beings that God made us to be. Hollywood that has promoted the immorality and all the other things that go with it. They have promoted the destruction of our nation. Our nation cannot be any stronger than the morality of its people. Our founders knew that we must elect virtuous leaders. We must elect virtuous leaders. What we need to pray, God give us some virtuous men. I'm talking about those that are clean and sober. Those that don't promote the destruction, things that bring destruction, but things that bring liberty. No greater case can be made of the damage done to a free people by power-hungry and tyrannical leaders than the long list of abuses Thomas Jefferson listed in the Declaration. Now, while he was directing those at King George... These abuses are typical of leaders who are without virtue and who are without morality. Read Exodus chapter 18 and Job chapter 34 and see how important the Bible says it is that we have folks in leadership that are people of virtue and people of morality. Now we say number four. Without faith in God, Freedom cannot be maintained. Without faith in God, freedom cannot be maintained. Our founders knew that they could not succeed without the support of the supreme judge of the world and without a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence. Read the thanksgiving proclamations of George Washington. Read the thanksgiving proclamations of an Abraham Lincoln. And read how they were thankful. By the way, in times of death, in times of difficulty, in times of challenge, they turned their heads toward God. And they said, we thank God for every blessing that we enjoy. And when we forget the God of heaven, we'll lose the blessings of the almighty God. They believed they would have uh, they believed that they would have his support and protection as long as they relied on him and kept his laws and taught their children to do likewise. It is a shame. It 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 is a crime to see what's being taught in our schools today about the history of our nation. I'm talking about the very uh, the uh, uh, the very holidays that we celebrate, Christmas and Thanksgiving. We all know what those are for. It's not for a holiday uh, solstice. It's to recognize the fact that Christ was born, the Redeemer of the world, in our nation from its inception always taught from the Sunday school classroom to the school classroom. This is the day that we celebrate the birth of our Savior. 
They're saying today that Thanksgiving was a time that they were thankful for their blessings or thankful to the Indians or thankful to one another. It is absolutely the opposite of the truth. The truth was our founders recognized there is a God in heaven. He is the creator of this world and it is he who has blessed our efforts in seeking freedom to give the gospel and the truth of Christianity. The Mayflower Compact says plainly that they came to spread the gospel of Christianity. Without faith in God, freedom cannot be maintained as we've known freedom in America. I say number five, we're dependent on God, our creator and sustainer of life. The founders considered the existence of the creator as the most fundamental premise underlying all self-evident truth. Here are some words found in the Declaration of Independence. Nature's God. Creator. Created. Supreme Judge of the universe. Divine providence. This is the vocabulary of our founders how sad it is today that we have that we have taken the truth of the creation from the public eye today and replaced it with a communistic godless atheistic teaching to tell our children they came by way of evolution from a lower animal life. You did not come from a lower animal life. You created as a special being. You created in the image of the almighty God. God made you special. God made us in a way that we can fellowship with the creator. He made us body, soul, and spirit and he gave us the ability to choose. He gave us a will to choose and he said I want you to choose to love me and serve me and I'll bless you if you'll do so. Colossians chapter 1, the Bible says, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him are all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him and is before all things and by him all things consist. It's God who created the world. It is God who keeps the world going and continuing today. God is the one that sustains the universe. Somebody has to say it and it has to be said more than in church two or three times a year. It ought to be taught in the classroom. It ought to be taught everywhere. It ought to be taught in our homes. God is our creator and God is our sustainer and we're dependent on God our creator and sustainer of life. The heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Another thing we learn not only from Scripture, we learn from the Declaration of Independence. All men are created equal. This new term, critical race theory, is a revival of Marxism. It is a revival of creating animosity and hatred between groups of people. Identifying them as different or mistreated or in some way saying, 
you have a right or a responsibility that's different. We've understood from the beginning of this country, we understand from the Bible that all men are created equal. God made man in his own image. He made him after his own likeness. That's what the scripture says in Genesis chapter 1. We're not supposed to hate people because of a color. We're not supposed to hate people because of a nationality. We're supposed to love people understanding that God created all men equal. He died on the cross for every man. Red, yellow, black, and white. They're all precious in his sight. Malachi chapter 2, verse number 10. Have we not all one Father? Hath not one God created us? Why do we deal treacherously every man against his brother by profaning the covenant of our fathers? Revelation chapter 20. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were open, and another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. There is no difference in mankind. All men will stand before God. Deuteronomy 16, 19. Thou shalt not rest judgment. Thou shalt not respect persons. Neither take a gift, for a gift doth blind the eyes of the wise and prevent the words of of the righteous. Romans chapter 2 and verse number 11. For there is no respect of persons with God. I'm convinced this crowd that's talking about racism. They are working to cause racism. They are working to cause division. Preachers I know and churches I know. They're out to preach the gospel to every person. Thank God today. We have missionaries preaching the gospel in China. We have missionaries preaching the gospel in Mexico. We have missionaries preaching the gospel in Africa. We have missionaries preaching the gospel in Asia. We have missionaries preaching the gospel in Australia. Can I tell you this morning, you and I give and we pray and we work to see every person come to know Christ as Savior. Don't you let this world with its twisted ideas and philosophies cause you to hate people because of, of, of who they are, what country they're from. God is the Father of all. We're supposed to love all mankind. We learn from the Word of God. It is given to us in the Declaration of Independence. The role of government is to protect man's God-given rights. Some would have us to think that they're government-given rights, and they're not. Our rights are God-given. And the government's role is to protect those. Exodus 20, the Bible tells us not to steal. What belongs to somebody else doesn't belong to you. The Bible says not to covet whatever your neighbor has. In fact, if you go into the New Testament, the Bible says not only are we not to covet, we're to rejoice with those that do rejoice. And the role of government is to protect man's God-given rights. Oh, how we need a revival in this country of people that just... Just read the word of God. 
Just read our Constitution. Just read the Declaration of Independence. Just read those founding documents and see if their faith and dependency is not on the God of heaven. Oh, how this nation needs to come back to God. The devil is lying to them. There is no fun and happiness in all of these perversions and sins of the devil. Sin, when it's finished, bringeth forth death. It is Christ that came to give us life and that we might have it more abundantly. Our nation needs Christ and that old book right there. I'll give you the eighth thing that our founders knew and it's recorded in the Declaration of Independence. God's the creator and the giver of rights. Our Declaration of Independence says, and in the year of our Lord. Talks about our creator, God is a creator. Genesis 9, 6 says, Whoso sheddeth man's blood, by man shall his blood be shed. For in the image of God made he him. God's a protector of life. The ideas today are so hypocritical, it's obvious they're not built on any kind of a solid foundation. Those who would cry for the rights of people and, and, and even the right of sin, sin has no rights. Sin has no rights. Did you hear what I said? There's a difference. Sin has no rights. God's a creator. He's a giver of life. And then the same crowd turn around and say, well, it's a woman's body. She can do what she wants even if she wants to murder. That's not right. It's not right to take the life of an unborn child. Read that book right there. It's what the Bible says. I give you the ninth thing. God has revealed principle of divine law to protect man's rights. Exodus chapter 20 is the Ten Commandments. If we followed those, if our nation just followed those, we'd be a better nation. How foolish can we be for somebody even to say out loud, defund the police? I, I mean, honest. You, you, you ought to stay in the house. I mean, you, you, you better not get out without somebody guiding you. You, you, you get run over. L- listen to me. How, that, that's foolish. That's ridiculous. You say, well, I know a policeman that's bad. Well, there's somebody in every profession that's bad. There's probably one or two bad ones here today. Don't throw away the whole thing because one's bad. We understand that. We understand that you don't throw away the whole thing and you don't say the criminal's the one that has rights. Listen to me, sin has no rights. God revealed his principles in the Ten Commandments. 2 Timothy 3.16, all scriptures give me inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Here's what I'm saying today, folks. Don't believe the lie that America was founded as anything other than a nation on the principles of this book. What do we need to do? First of all, we need to educate our families and people on the truth of the Word of God. Our Creator and His Word. The Bible must be preached and taught to our children. That's why I believe in Christian education. Mom and Dad, 
It's our responsibility to make sure. It's not the government's responsibility. It's our responsibility to make sure our children have a Christian foundation that begins with God as the creator of all things. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Without that, you can't get out of kindergarten. We must educate. Second of all, we need to pray for and choose virtuous leaders. We have to demand this. It's a shame. It's a shame what's been done in the last year in our state. It's a shame. We have to demand virtuous leadership. And I close in saying this, folks, there's only one thing that exalts a nation, and God said it. Righteousness exalts a nation. Whether anybody else around you lives right or not, we ought to decide, I'm going to live right. I'm glad Noah did. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. We ought to decide, I'm going to live right. The only hope for my nation is to live right. For you see, righteousness gets the attention of God. He would have spared Sodom and Gomorrah if he could have found ten righteous I believe today there are enough of God's people to see revival in America. And until the church sees revival, I don't think the nation is going to see a change. And that's what our heart's desire ought to be. Stand with me, if you will. The heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. You're here and you never received Christ as Savior. You're under the bondage of sin this morning. The devil is the master. But Jesus has come to set you free. You ought to trust him today. In just a moment, he's going to sing the invitation song. I want to ask every Christian in this building to pray for our nation. Only God. And you understand God can intervene and God can get attention mighty fast. Before sundown tonight, God could have the attention of this nation. I don't know how he'll do it. That's his business. But I hunger to see my nation come back to God. I'm asking every Christian somewhere between your seat and this altar to pray for our nation. Most of us have more years behind us than we have years ahead of us. But as we look at our children and grandchildren around us this morning, I don't know about you, but I want them to have the freedom that I've enjoyed and we've enjoyed. And that can only be secured through a continual faith in God. Heavenly Father, bless our invitation. Oh God, how we need you. Oh God, how we've sinned. And oh God, how we've forsaken the commandments of God. God, forgive our nation. Oh God, I pray that you'd heal our land. I pray that decisions that should be made would be made this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. As he sings.